Good morning, fantasy. Welcome to episode two of the return. Uh, Kosh and I are back, and I was gonna say better than ever, but I don't know. Good as usual. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But today we're gonna be talking. Well. How are you? Something. I'm good. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm good. Good. Yeah, Akash has been binge watching Breaking Bad, and I don't think he's seen it before. And he's texting me like all throughout the day about how crazy it is, and I've been enjoying I that. I, I got to watch the last episode, like the fi- finale. Oh, you're on the last episode. Yeah, I was going to watch it right now, but I had to record. Oh, also, okay, Breaking Bad, spoiler warning, in case you haven't watched Breaking Bad yet still. Yeah. uh, I'm going to talk about spoilers here in a second. But, okay, did you believe me? I remember a few weeks ago, or like a week ago, you texted me about like who dies in the show, and you said something about Hank. You're like, dude, Hank has to die. I was like, nah, he doesn't die, or something like that. Like, I I don't remember you telling me. I remember telling you something along the lines of like, no, Hank doesn't die, or like, I, I made it seem like Hank doesn't die. And then you text me earlier. He's like, bro, Hank died. That's crazy. Really? Did I? I don't remember texting you about that. No, I swear. Was it an you, I you texted me. Find it. Let me pull it up. You texted me a while ago talking about how much you were liking Breaking Bad or something about like everyone's dying and, and all this stuff. And then you, hold on, let me find it. I said, you I asked see me about Hank dying. My text today where I'm like, Hank's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happened. That happened, obviously. Yeah. I'm saying like, well, I don't see okay, the text now. And I just see one that says from you. I am morbiously obese. Not really, though. At 1.45 a.m. <laughs> I know. That's funny, though. That's funny. That the Morbius funny. sweep jokes are so funny. Dude, I love the Morbius jokes. Isn't it hilarious that they re-released the movie and it only did like 80,000 in sales? It flopped. I know. They like, got Sony me. keeps they got like, oh, my so God, hard. we're actually popular. Now everyone loves us, but it's actually just... How do you... I, like, they're so tone deaf. You see people making fun of your movie, making these memes... And they're like, okay, let's re-release it. I, I don't know. Maybe they were hoping some people would hate watch it, but it doesn't seem to have worked. Yeah, I don't think it worked either. I can't, I can't find the text now. It's so annoying. I'll just have to take your word for it. Bro. But anyway, what do you think about Hank's death? Do you think it was cool? Uh, Yeah, I, did, I had no idea that's where the Walter falling down meme came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what we were talking about. That's what we were talking about. You said that that was the conversation. You said that we still have to see the Walter falling down meme. Someone else has to die. And I was like, nah. I didn't say that. No. No, no, no. It, that's definitely what happened. We were talking no, about the Walter falling down that. meme and someone had to die. Or like some oh no. You you said that he was gonna die. And that's what that's why you thought it was gonna happen. You thought that Walt was gonna die, and that's when he like fell down, and that's what the meme was from. Right, yeah, yeah. Because I know he dies. I'll just have to get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But everyone knows he dies. Yeah, everyone knows that. Okay, anyways, anyways, let's get on the show. So today we're going to be talking about uh, fantasy-wide receivers. We already talked about it a little bit in the last episode, why I like Traylon Burks and Drake London and all this stuff, and I think that rookies have upside. Uh, But we're going to dive a little bit deeper into it today and look at some previous historic trends of rookie-wide receivers since I believe, like, you know, 2018, but also go further back than that. Construct an argument probably both ways um, for why they could not be very good, why they could be very good. And, um, you know, we'll just take it away. Uh, Akash, why don't you, you know, set up some stats from previous years and just seeing that the hit rates on rookie wide receivers? Yeah, so I tweeted yesterday. I might have to pull it up. But we were talking about this before, and I wanted to go actually find it. So pretty sure this is just out of rookie wide receivers who played eight-plus games drafted in round one. But uh, if you look Round one of the NFL draft, not fantasy football drafts. Yes. So if you look through... Um, let's find it. Man, I, I tweet a lot. Um, <laughs> we do be tweeting a lot. We are chronically online. Yeah. So since 2000, 
first round rookie wide receivers. So first round of the NFL draft average 17% target share and 9.5 points per game. Not a huge role, not a lot of production. Since 2010, those numbers take a huge leap up to 18% target share and 10.9 points per game. <laughs> I think the actual points per game increase is pretty interesting, though, to me. It is interesting. It's small, you know, but I mean, it's still not into any relevant territory. And this isn't filtering for prospect um, levels. You know, like some people, some players are just like sure. consensus better prospects that get drafted higher in rookie Yeah, drafts. like John Ross, for example. Like nobody was drafting that guy in, in fantasy and thinking that he had upside. You know, like no one was doing that. Right. And then he played like less than eight games. So he, yeah, I remember. Even, I think he didn't even fall into the filter that I put, but the, so that means he that his numbers would bring it down. So I remember. I, I'm a Steelers fan. I remember giving Bengals fans a ton of crap for the John Ross pick at the time. And I remember it was. I think it was like his first game he ever played in or something. It was like his first NFL touch. It was like a jet sweep or like a toss or something. And he ran and got clobbered and he fumbled. And like that was it. I'm pretty sure he got injured after that. And like that was. Didn't he have? Did he have negative points? What do you say? Didn't he get like negative points on that? Yeah, he did. Uh, he got negative fantasy points. And it was out for the season, so did he have negative points for a game? <laughs> he might have, honestly. He really might have. That's hilarious. Maybe, it, it, does that count? Well, no, that's not your sample size. I forgot. I had to play at least eight games for your sample. But that's right. So he played three games and had negative one point eight fantasy points. What a dog! So that's worth the number nine overall pick in my eyes, especially when you had Patrick Mahomes getting picked one pick after that. So that was pretty crazy. One rush attempt, twelve yards fumble two targets zero catches what a rookie yep season. there we go that's that's what it was it was like a jet sweep or something and he actually awesome. looked pretty good like he looked fast obviously got like 10 he, yards and then he the got cracked and fumbled. he was picked one pick before patrick mahomes which is just hilarious yeah got burrow, i think they're doing okay but yeah they're doing all right but you know i'll still give him crap for that truly yeah so i remember that you saying Okay, what if, um, so you said uh, rookie wide receivers have been doing better. Um, what happens if we increase, if we if we decrease uh, the scope and look at like 2014 now, or I think someone else says 2018 to now. And I think mm -hmm. um, I, I'll indulge it because, you know, you asked, but I think you're inviting yourself um, to selection bias and also small sample bias because... You're saying, okay, since this year, this is the year I'm, I'm pointing at it and saying this is when we saw some more rookies be um, productive. So what if we split it there? And that's uh, inviting some bias into the sample. Or And you're also really decreasing it, only looking at a handful of years, which also invites more bias. So sure. over the last, um, what, three years? Um, no, four years. Since 2018, we have 14 rookie wide receivers who were drafted in the first round and played more than eight games. And those 14 players, only four of them were top 24 wide receivers in points per game. And they averaged 11.8 points per game. And that's with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase in the sample. Mm -hmm. So it's not exactly very fantasy relevant. There have been some hits like... Waddle, Ayuk um, are the two who are top 24 and not top uh, 12. So it's not that they don't have upside. It's just that for the most part, you're looking at top 24 production 
and we only have four guys over the last almost two decades um, who were top um, top twelve, and that's Jefferson, Chase, OBJ, actually- and Michael Thomas. If you go back far enough, you get Anquan Bolden, but by and large, you're looking <laughs> at the top twenty four ceiling, and you're ranking Drake and Burks and like Wilson. Inside that Wilson's top at 26, but yes, London's at 24 and Burks is at 21. Right, yeah, yeah. Just, Wilson's just outside of top 24. But when you're putting them there, you're putting them really close to their ceiling without considering the floor. Because there's a floor of these guys. They Not to say that they could be total bust, but maybe they average 8 to 10 points per game. And that's that's a pretty low floor for someone that you drafted a top 24 so sure i think wilson's the riskiest this year because i think elijah moore will eat a lot of his lunch um and zach wilson's still pretty unpredictable um but i do feel really good about drake london and i feel really good about Traylon burks as well uh mostly because we see the tennessee titans uh trading a third round pick in Traylon burks for aj brown like or sorry, the opposite. They traded AJ Brown away for Traylon Burks, a first round pick and a third round pick. Um, and obviously they drafted Traylon Burks to try to, you know, play the AJ Brown role in the offense. I would like to say, you know, uh, a lot of NFL analysts actually gave the AJ Brown comp over to Traylon Burks, which is kind of interesting. That's personally not the comp that I would give Traylon Burks. Um, but it was a comp a lot of others gave Traylon Burks. Uh, I think he's going to slot into that role year one. Robert Woods is going to start the season off a little slow coming off his uh, ACL injury. I think he'll pick it up on the back half of the year. But to start the season, you know, week one on, this offense does not have a lot of weapons outside of Derrick Henry. So I think we see Traylon Burks get a sizable workload that should make him pretty fantasy relevant. He should see a pretty large target share, and I'm hoping that he has a nice touchdown upside. He has the big play upside. Um you know, if you watch his film as a prospect, he, he's known to break a game open every once in a while with extremely fast uh, breakaway runs. So hoping he can do that this year. And then for London, you know, it's pretty much Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and a bunch of Walmart employees for the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, Kosh, you're a Falcons fan. Is that, is that, is that correct? Yeah, sadly. But you're right. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, who is your wide receiver too? Is it Auden Tate? Like, who is it? Some... Holy amalgamation of Autumn Tate, Brian Edwards, Alameda Zacchaeus. Oh, no, Brian Edwards is there. There there you go. I wouldn't put it past Brian Edwards to fall below Autumn Tate. I mean, it's really, you know, that mid-off meme where it's like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't really care who wins the wide receiver two job. You're you're right that it is just um, Drake and Pitts. Patterson, I think, is wide receiver two. That's true. Patterson does have a role. Most of the time. But. Really, I think that it's, I don't know. I, I think Drake could be fantasy relevant, but it's not It's not going to be because it's only him and Pitts in the offense. It's going to be sure. he's good. And I do think he's good, but we don't. a lot of times we see rookie wide receivers be good players, just not productive for fantasy to the extent that you expect them to be. Sure. And that's a, that's a valid expectation, but I think – it would be a lot worse, like for last season, for example, we saw just Kyle Pitts in Atlanta uh, with a bunch of nobodies. But this year, there's two. And I think that it'll make things easier for both of them to, you know, um, see a little weaker coverage, see a little less defensive focus. Um, it's, it'd be easier if they were both wide receivers to really say that's like guaranteed. Tight end and wide receiver is a little bit different. You can kind of scheme things a different way. But 
Um, I think London and Pitts will both get a sizable workload in this offense, especially Pitts. Um, but I do think that London, one of the reasons I like London a lot is like uh, he's a red zone threat, right? He has a, a big six, four frame. And I think he has the potential to score a lot of touchdowns this year. Like if, if I fast forwarded to this time next year and London had 11 touchdowns, it wouldn't, I mean, it would surprise me, but it wouldn't would shock me. me. It would surprise would be- me, but it, it wouldn't shock me because he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a red zone threat. He's a fantastic contested catch guy. It wouldn't surprise I mean, me if like in the red zone, he comes down a lot touchdowns of touchdowns over the last few years. Odell, Chase, maybe. I think Claypool. Yeah, Claypool did. Claypool had like 10. Rushing. He had nine receiving and two rushing. Yeah, Claypool had a really good rookie year. Like, honestly, like I'm not expecting London to have the hugest – the hugest is that like a word i don't think so um i'm not expecting to have like a huge rookie year i'm not expecting like top 10 from london um but yeah. i think he could easily be you know like playing at his ceiling i think he could reach like wide receiver i don't know 18 and if i'm drafting him what do you say i i would say yeah that's an appropriate that's an appropriate ceiling i'm sure i can see that it's possible it's a high high-end range of outcomes but mm-hmm. certainly possible we've seen where he's do that over the last um few years and you know he is a good prospect so he's my wide receiver one in the class and it's no hate to him it's Same. just trying to be I'm, I'm trying to be more realistic about my expectations for these rookies yeah like, that's fine but again you like have, to you what have like 800 yards and 12 points per game and his dynasty stock would go up like just like it has for players who have done that uh like last year where um Devonta smith did that and his adp went up but I don't think that um, I don't think that that's not going to be very fantasy relevant. I mean, maybe be a wide receiver three or four like Smith was, but I would say that wide receiver two ceiling is not going to be like a guarantee to hit like the rankings uh, you have. Sure. And, you know, Akash, another thing that I want to say about my rankings of having Wilson london and burks all within five ranks of each other from 21 to 26 is it i don't this isn't really how rankings work but i think you'll understand what i'm saying it's like i, I have you. those you're not guys. saying you would draft them there you you draft them at adp but yeah i think your expectations are still high no 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 i i don't think you, you understand exactly what i'm saying like i have them all there because yeah. like i'm comfortable drafting them at their adp and i feel like they have really high ceilings and i'm very confident that one of those three guys is gonna pop so, like, I have them all ranked, so like, I think, like, right, I wouldn't say in the middle of the range of outcomes, because their their floors are low. But mm-hmm. I think that's, like, I have them ranked to, like, 75 to 80% of their ceiling, because I feel like at least two of them will play to their ADP, and I feel like at least one of them will be top 20. And so, like, I, I really feel strongly about that, so... Grouping those guys there does not feel bad to me. And I also think it's interesting. Like, I want to bring up some other guys who have contributed over the years, um, like, who haven't been, like, these round one, like, rookie wideouts who, you know, flashed towards the end. Like, last year, Malin Ross St. Brown went on a tear to win people championships. He was free in fantasy drafts. Right. I also, Akash, I, I want to look into um, statistics. Like, we've pulled up their ADP before the show started with these rookie wide receivers. Like, by round, like, I wonder of the guys since, like, 2018 who were drafted in, like, rounds let's say like round nine or higher like how did they finish compared to like the other 
round one random wide receivers from the entire sample because I feel like that could give better a better sense of like wide receivers that the fantasy community were pretty interested in and how they performed compared to their ADP versus just any round one wide receiver, you know, like the Jalen Ragers, the, the John Rosses, um, you know, guys like that. And I was going to say the Henry Ruggs of the world because, but Ruggs' ADP actually was decently high to my surprise. Um, but yeah, I, I, cause that's the thing too. I was talking with the Kosh about before we went live is like, I think another side of the process that people kind of underrate or overlook sometimes uh, with rookie wide receivers, like for example, when Akash said, like I don't know what the, the sample size was. I think 14 guys since 2018 that were round one wide receivers, and like four yeah. of them were top 24. It's like okay, so there were 14 round one wide receivers. Four of them hit top 24. Of those, but I'd argue probably only like games. eight of them were like good enough to the point where I would consider drafting them with like a high ceiling. If like if the hit rate's like 50, percent I'm comfortable with that because I feel like a lot of these rookie wide receivers have a a chance to pop, especially compared to their ADP. And getting these guys oftentimes as your wide receiver three or even wide receiver four, if you're doing like a uh, like a zero RB build, I really like that. Like I distinctly remember in one of my drafts last year, I started off the draft going with like two or three running backs and maybe like a t- another tight end. And then I waited on wide receiver to the middle rounds. And then I'm back to back at the turn. Um, I think I already actually, I think I got a wide receiver earlier too. So I already have my wide receiver one. And then I added in Jamar and Devonta Smith as my wide receiver two and three. And that worked out great. I'm pretty sure I won that league. Um, Jamar provided all the upside I could have ever wanted in more at his ADP last season. And then Smith was okay. I'm pretty sure I threw him, in my, threw him in my flex every once in a while, but he didn't really pan out. But guess who I threw in instead? I'm on Russ St. Brown. Um, and that's another reason why I'm comfortable taking risks on these, you know, quote-unquote higher-end rookie wide receivers is because even if they don't pan out, one of the beautiful things about redraft fantasy football is there's plenty of contributors that come out of nowhere every season. Last year, you know, a la Monroe St. Brown, Debo Samuel, kind of. No, actually, not really. He was drafted. Cordero Patterson, though. Uh, you know, every year there's a guy, Elijah Mitchell, who comes out of nowhere and produces consistently for fantasy. So if I can take some swings for the fences and miss on a guy every once in a while, I'm comfortable doing that because I'm shooting for shooting for upside. So. Yeah, I get it. Um, the one thing I was going to say is that um, I think the fantasy community is more so catching on to um, what you're saying about how about drafting rookies early because of their ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, so just looking at uh, since 2018, we we're talking about this before the show. Um, we had BJ Moore and Calvin Ridley as the first round wide receivers. And in redraft ADP, uh, I believe this is fantasy football calculator ADP. They were drafted in, in redraft rounds 11 and 12. And neither were top 24 in points per game, but I think Ridley was like 26 or something. So he did all right for himself. And then the next year, Nikhil Harry was drafted in round 14. I think he might have gotten hurt. I don't know when he got hurt off the top of my head. but he was yeah, Round 14 team. doesn't seem right for him. I feel like he would have gone higher if he was healthy. I'm hyped with uh, Tom Brady, so might have yeah. gone higher if it wasn't for that injury. But Marquise Brown went um, undrafted. Not a surprise. No one wanted to touch the year. Yeah, because his quarterback was a running back at that point. Ayuk uh, went round 12 this next year. Ruggs went 9 uh, Jefferson went 11, Rager 10, and Judy 10, and that Lamb is surprising eight. that that Henry Ruggs in ADP their rookie season went higher than Jefferson because I wasn't really an, an analyst at the time. 
I was like casually getting into things like, you know, like really heavily just like not on Twitter. Um, it's like as far as analysis goes and doing rankings and all that kind of stuff. And I thought Jefferson was going to way outperform Ruggs for a fantasy football perspective before his rookie season. Yeah. I'm not trying to say I was like all in on Justin Jefferson or say I was like mm-hmm. right and knew he was going to be like the second coming. But, um, you know, I did not think that Henry Ruggs was going to have that big of a year for fantasy. I, I hated all the Tyreek Hill comps that were coming out constantly. Um, and I thought that Justin Jefferson made a lot of sense because they just shipped out Stephon Diggs to Buffalo. Adam Thielen was still there. They drafted Justin Jefferson to be the Stephon Diggs role of that offense. And Akash, listen, I don't want to make the comp, but I'm going to because I, what I just said clicked in my brain. Listen, okay. Traylon Burks, okay? Hear me out. Yeah. The Vikings had Adam Thielen. They traded away Stephon Diggs to Buffalo. They drafted Justin Jefferson to replace Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs has a great rookie year. This year, Titans trade away A.J. Brown. They draft Traylon Brooks to replace him. I'm just saying. I don't so know. you say, like, you expect um, – I think what you said was uh, you expect Burks to be, like, some percentage of A.J. Brown. Yeah, that was off the top of my head. But it's like I'm, I'm hoping for, like, I don't know, 85% of A.J. Brown as far now, as – Now, would like, that be career A.J. Brown or rookie A.J. Brown? Like, previous – AJ Brown, like recent AJ Brown. Like if, we, if I could get okay. like 80 to 85% like peak AJ Brown out of Traylon Burks, I'd be ecstatic. That that would make you ecstatic, but I, I think his peak season was like 17-ish points per game. And like uh your percentage of that would be like 13, 14 points per game. That's a wide receiver too. Um, but as a rookie, AJ Brown was like uh I want to say in the 30s mm-hmm. in points per game, like uh so even with like his rookie season was really efficient had people a lot of a lot of people fading him going into year two because it was it was too efficient and then his efficiency dropped but that's beside the point you know i just want to say too about burks is just like and aj brown i just think so what i was saying before is um lamb was drafted round eight in redraft adp uh, and then we saw the Justin Jefferson season, and everyone's like, "Holy shit, rookie wide receivers go burr!" Yeah, and then people started doing that, where um, Jamar Chase and Devonta Smith have the highest redraft ADP amongst first round wide receivers over the last uh, few years. And I would imagine going back before that too, because no one's been on rookie wide receivers like they have since Chase and Jefferson popped off. Mm-hmm. And they were drafted around six and seven. That's the rounds that london and uh burks are going right now so i really think people are starting to catch on to what you're saying and, and your upside plays that used to be going in rounds 9 10 11 now going in rounds 6 7 i think that your upside is kind of getting priced out because you're drafting them closer to where the expectation is yeah and that's fine um but i also just want to say like for Traylon Burks, for example, he's my wide receiver 21. His actual ADP is like way lower than that. Yeah, and his that's ADP why I think the value crazy. actually lies. Like a, a core, like I understand that at the end of the day, like he may finish as like wide receiver 21. But if I'm drafting him as like wide receiver 30, I'd be thrilled with that. And that's why I like the rookie wide receivers so much. And I feel like a lot of times when I say that I had these guys at like 21, 24, 26, et cetera, people think I'm crazy because I feel like that in their mind, they think I'm drafting them ahead of guys who are going at like wide receiver 21, 22, 23, 24. And that's not going to be the case because of the ADP game. 
and the ADP game I'm referring to, of course, is like when you're when you're in the draft, you're trying to see if the guy's going to make it back to you after you make your next draft pick. You know, yeah. just trying to play the game of how the draft's going to fall. And that's why I like these rookie wide receivers so much because in my rankings, I have them higher than their ADP to the point where I feel like I can sit on them longer and they'll come back to me and I can, you know, get a nice value on draft day that'll ultimately, hopefully they perform to where I have them ranked or hopefully a little bit better. And that's why I like them so much is because I can get them as my third wide receiver off the board. And I think they have wide receiver two, high end wide receiver two upside, maybe even wide receiver one upside. And if I'm getting those guys as my wide receiver two, who sorry, wide receiver three, who could be like my flex every week. Like, I don't know. I really like that. So what would you like? So, um, which, which do you think uh, would be your upside play? Would you draft Drake London, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson in the sixth round? Or would you draft um, Michael Thomas, Adam Thielen, DeAndre Hopkins in the sixth round? Now, Hopkins a bit muddled with the suspension, but the idea remains that I think that the upside lies with the veterans who aren't sexy and you kind of have to tra- tra- uh, translate yourself away from that dynasty mindset of young equals sexy. So sure. No, uh, I, I, I totally the veterans. They might not be sexy, mindset. but they have an unbelievable track record where Michael Thomas has consistently finished as a top five wide receiver, even so high as top one. No, there's concerns with the injury. Um, but that's why the, the price is lower. Thielen has concerns with his age, which is why the price is lower, but he's been nothing but a wide receiver one. Over the past few years, um, DeAndre Hopkins had a bit of a down year last year, but the bounce back is possible um, because he's DeAndre friggin' Hopkins, and I'll never give up on to, on him until he's out of the league. Um, no, and I, I agree with you on that, but the suspension is enough to me in a tiebreaker to take the yeah. number to Drake London. But the idea... Also, like you mentioned, with Michael Thomas, yeah, um, I don't like him very much. I've been working at, uh, at sixscore.com, um, the home of pro football doc, quick plug. I write articles for them now. Um, and we wrote one the other day about Michael Thomas's injury. It's pretty concerning, honestly. It uh, is concerning, but uh, let me just read it off real quick. Uh, Michael okay. Thomas injury update. I'm just gonna read this off the, off the article here. So according to Nick Underhill of new Orleans football.com, uh, Thomas did not participate at OCAs on Wednesday. The 29 year old did not play last season after undergoing surgery in June to repair his damaged right ankle. That was the climax of a hectic year for Thomas, who broke off communication with the Saints during the offseason and later suffered a setback in November that derailed any hope of him returning to the field. The Sports Injury Central doc said earlier this month that they weren't impressed by videos of Thomas running, specifically concerned uh, with his apparent laboring on the right side. Uh, Thomas' quarterback, however, was okay with blah, 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 about Jameis Winston. Okay, but so basically, I don't know. I just don't like Michael Thomas. I think he could get off to a slower start than most expect in the season. I think like he has upside. I like him, uh, but again, yeah. it's unhealthy veterans like undeniable I upside. Keenan, so I think in the, in the sixth round, floor doesn't matter. You shouldn't care about floor at all because if your sixth round pick misses, who gives a fuck? You have a lot of other picks and you have the waiver wire. But if your sixth round pick hits a top five ceiling, that's a league winner, right? Sure. You should be looking for a league winner. They are, well, <laughs> as the name implies, they win you your leagues. They win you your league. But right. Akash, so I'll argue. Don't be searching for ceiling. And you're saying that the rookies, you're drafting them because they have upside. But we have guys going around them who also have, like, you, the rookies have a lower floor uh, because they're unproven. And these veterans have a lower floor because of extraneous circumstances lowering their ADP. But undeniably, the upside lies with the veterans who have proven to be wide receiver ones. And also, there's plenty of guys in that range, like Amon Ross St. Brown, Elijah Moore, who are pretty much more so confirmed hashtag 
good in the NFL because of their rookie season production. Sure. You know, we, we project a, a leap going into year two. And typically year two players have a larger role than year one players, mostly because uh, they're involved more because they're, they're more, they have an extra year of experience. And some of them are confirmed good, like Elijah Moore, Amon Rossing Brown confer, uh, compared to Garrett Wilson, for example, who I definitely would be drafting the, the veterans like Adam Thielen, Michael Thomas, maybe even DeAndre Hopkins over like Garrett Wilson. Uh, but I think I would I think I would rather have uh, Burks in London over all of those guys. Because I think I think their floor I think their floor is pretty high for, as far as rookies goes, because I think their situations are really good for opportunity. Um, I, the only argument against London I have really is, you know, Mariota could not give him the passing volume that we kind of like uh, to see. But yeah. um, I think they're going to be p- playing from behind a lot. I think they're going to have to throw the ball. Um, and I think that London just de facto is going to get a lot of targets because he's good and he's going to be the wide receiver one. Um, and then Burks, it's Robert Woods in him. I mean, he's going to have to see a lot of work. He's, I mean, Woods is not the sexy weapon there in Tennessee. He's just not like he, he'll get the, excuse, he's reliable. He'll get the job done for you. He'll, he'll, he'll get open. He'll get underneath targets. Um, yeah. but Traylon Burks is going to need to be the splash play guy. And I think that they're going to give him a lot of opportunities for those. And I think that he's going to have a consistent enough role to have the floor and have the splash play opportunities to have the ceiling. And I really like that. Yeah, you know, it, it's tough because I do like them as prospects. But to say that they have a guaranteed role. I think they do, man. Impressive. I mean, just like, look at the teams. Look at the capital. What if they're bad, though? Look at the depth charts. Like, I like them, but what if they're bad? Like, Nikhil Harry going into his review was. The, dude, these guys are not one. He's going to play with Tom Brady. And then he was bad. He these, was guys, prospect, these guys he was are not. Let me just, you know, okay. There are a lot of factors behind the scenes with Nikhil Harry that we didn't really come into, you know, question with or, you know, calculate. Bill Belichick, one, hates rookies. It just, he just doesn't like him. He doesn't use them. Uh, two, he was not, he is not as good as a prospect as Drake London or Traylon Burks. He's just not. I think Traylon Burks, you could argue, but Drake London is head and shoulders better than both of those guys. Uh, Burks and, uh, what's his face? Nikhil Harry. Um, also you're looking at draft capital invested. The Patriots decided to use the last pick in the first round on Harry. Um, you know, we're looking at, uh, a team's trading away their star player for Traylon Burks in a third, um, and saying, okay, Hey, this guy's going to be replacing our star player for the Titans. And then for the Atlanta Falcons, they use a top 10 pick on Drake London, uh, first wide receiver taken in the draft. Uh, love it. I love Drake London. And I think that he, is the best wide receiver in this draft. He's polished. He's well-rounded. He has great size. He's the only wide receiver there besides Cordero Patterson. And Kyle Pitts is also a weapon, obviously. But he's slotted in for a lot of year one work. And as long as he converts those targets with decent efficiency, I think that we're going to see a good year for London in year one. Yeah, I, I think they could be good. I I hope they have a role. What do you I, not I like about the situation that you think concerns you? What would you say? Like, what concerns you about their situations? Let's just talk strictly about Burks and London because those are the guys I love. I like Wilson, but his situation's kind of shaky. You know, Zach Wilson's whatever, really tough schedule. Uh, Elijah Moore scares me a little. But, like, every like London and Burks, like, they're pretty clean in their situations, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's tough. You know, it's maybe passing volume. They could be low with Mariota, and then Tennessee's been low, but – passing volume is kind of hard to predict year to year. You don't really know what the team's going to do, especially Falcons with a new quarterback and Titans with Derrick Henry's injury. You know, 
there's some uncertainty there. Their passing volume, it could be bad. Um, also, the QB play Mariota is confirmed not good. Could uh, That could definitely hurt. But I, I think the biggest part to me isn't the situation at all. I think it's just the way that rookies are used. And yeah, they can have a role and they can be good. But it's not that they're going to be extremely relevant for fantasy. That's just really what I'm looking for. And throughout history, throughout the last two decades or decade or four years, however you want to split it, you're not seeing a lot of productive rookies as rookies. We, we see a lot of guys who show good, uh, who show out well in metrics or have good games, uh, stuff to point to and say like, okay, that's good. Uh, you know, he was wide receiver, like 30 something. And then maybe he's, he's a top 24 wide receiver next year, but the wide receiver 30 something is still what he produces as a rookie. And so, mm-hmm. It's just really tough, and you want to be looking for ceiling, and I ultimately don't think that the ceiling play lies with the rookies because typically you don't see rookies have a role that converts into a very high ceiling outside of the extremely rare cases of Jefferson and Chase. Um, I think your upside play lies with some of those veterans or a year-two leap from some other guys or even betting on some really good offenses like, like, I don't know. Could you give me some um, names at ADP around those veterans, just, uh, around those rookies, just to round things off? And we'll go yeah, like, one by um, one and just say who we prefer. Like, let's say London slash Burks or these veterans. Like Brandon Cooks, um, Cooks Michael Thomas. Hmm? I, I think I prefer Cooks over London, but not Burks. I would take Cooks over both. Michael Thomas, I would take over both. I would take the rookies over Thomas. Ceiling play, Elijah Moore. I would uh, take the rookies over both. Sorry, rookies over Moore. Uh, uh, Amon Ross and Brown, Devonta Smith. You can't, you can't put Amon Ra against me, but I'll, I'll take the rookies over Amon Ra. The situation's murky. For Adam Thielen, DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Ayuk, and even going down, like you nah, know, I, I, I really want the rookies over all those guys. Like Tyler Lockett going at wide receiver forty-four when he's been a wide receiver. Well, Lockett at wide receiver 44 is criminal. I'm definitely going to be swooping up some Lockett at price, but the rookies compared to Lockett straight up on paper, I'm taking the rookies all day. Yeah, he has a, I think he was a wide receiver two last season, wide receiver one the year before. Yep. Off the top of my head, I don't know about points per game, but I would imagine it's similar. I don't know. That kind of tracker is just really hard to pass up on. You know, maybe his QB sucks. But he also had a Hall of Fame quarterback throw to him. He's going to have true lock, so. Maybe his QB sucks, drops him off a little bit, but I don't know. Maybe they get Baker or Jimmy, and that's just serviceable enough to get him sure. into relevance because he is a really good player. And, you know, it's, uh, I believe, Adam Harstead who just constantly says, life finds a way. You know, if you're a good player, you're going to score points. I, I like that analogy. I, I do agree with it at the end of the day. I do. But I think quarterback does come into play a bit with Tyler Lockett, especially. Good. I I think over the years, we've I'm seen not going to pretend that Geno is comparable to Russ. Gino's not bad. He really is. He's pretty bad. He's not bad. He's not. He's bad. really bad. He's not that bad. He's not that bad. He's not that bad. He's as far he's as NFL good. backup quarterbacks go, he's pretty good. Starter. I don't know, but if he's going to be a starter, he's going to be a bad one. Yeah, he will be a bad. Starter, oh, he's pretty bad. As far as backups go, he's very good. Yo, yeah. Austin, what's up, bro? Rookies are good based on the coach scheme and team. Some teams give the rookies a lot of opportunity early. Other teams make them wait and learn and pay their dues. Environment makes a huge difference. I agree with that, Austin, and that's why I like Burks in London this year is because I think to, – To his point, yes, rookies do get better as the season goes on. 
That is also another thing. So maybe you sure. buy low on them in week eight if you're not doing best ball where you're not allowed to trade. Yeah, like that's true. if you can see rookies, uh, if you're if you can stash rookies on your on your bench that you maybe found the waiver wire like an Amara St. Brown last year. Just keep talking about Amara St. Brown last year. Gosh, he's my boy, man. He's my boy. That's a ceiling play. That's a okay. Maybe Wandell Robinson. I get him. Yeah, I think that's probably like my. That's best. where you want to target the rookies. You want to target the David Bell's, Wandell Robinson. You can take upsides on maybe some prospects who aren't even that great, like uh, Jalen Tolbert, Alec Pierce, because then oh, I, I if like they have a role, Then if they have a role, you can see production for cheap. Then you're going to get usable weeks. You know, it's not uh, high of a percentage chance of happening as some of the better prospects, but that's where your their opportunity cost is so cheap that the upside is good. Mm-hmm. Alec yeah. Pierce, favorite deep rookie sleeper for sure. It's tough. All right. It's um, gosh, let's end it. What, what do you think your best take as an analyst is? And I'm asking the question because I think that the whole Amon Ra St. Brown saga is probably my best run of correctness. <laughs> that or uh, my – I was wrong. Okay, I was wrong with the, the Burrow greater than Herbert take, but I was very right about his breakout. But He did I break out. Yeah, that's probably true. That stuff. My best takes? That's tough. Hollywood, I don't know maybe? we have a lot of good takes. No, I'm just kidding. I have off the I top think of my Hollywood head. might be your best stuff. What do you say? I think Hollywood might be your best, honestly. I was out on Hollywood before last year, so whoa, whoa, we'll see how it what do you out. mean? Well, but this year. This okay, Deontay year. Johnson. That was who I was in on. Okay, Deontay's good. Deontay's good. Deontay was just a targets are so earned and he earns a lot of targets so just draft him i don't know and he was a top eight wide receiver i'm like told you drops don't matter i don't care um fuck you basically yeah <laughs> right, everyone was kind of like kind of adding me saying like deontay drops in how can you like this guy he can't even catch you up i'm like he must be doing something right to have 144 targets in his second yeah, year for real it's gonna be interesting uh, to see how he adapts to the new quarterback this year but i don't really think it's gonna matter obviously so Right. I mean, the thing about Deontay Johnson, I don't give a fuck who's going to throw him the ball. They're going to throw him the ball a lot. His efficiency could be worse with Pickett um, slash Trubisky, but it's not like Big Ben was an amazing, efficient quarterback he was bad. He was in really his bad. final days in Pittsburgh. Really now, maybe bad. the passing volume goes down with Ben, but without Ben, but Steelers are. I don't know. Last year, they were pretty smart to do. Uh, if you're going to do something badly, do it a lot because doing uh, passing a lot is better than not passing Running a lot. If you're going to throw for like five yards per attempt, just throw it a bunch and you'll be able to move the ball downfield sometimes. Yeah, that's what a lot. Of TV, that's what a lot of like commentators said about the Steelers over the year was like they run through the air a little bit. Like they don't like they don't really care if they have a good first down run because they'll do like I don't know a three right. a three yard screen pass or something and be like okay that's our first down run. Would you rather would you rather have your running back be inefficient or your quarterback be inefficient? I honestly think and it'd be really interesting and cautious to see. That the answer is always going to be quarterback because unless you have truly god awful quarterback play, which they could have, your passing game is always going to be more efficient. And so teams should just always pass. I don't know. Especially I was just about to say, I think it'd be really interesting one year in the NFL. Or like as for, much as you can. Yeah. For a game or something in the NFL to see an offensive coordinator say, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to go five wide every play this entire game and just like see what like see what happens i mean like five wide with a ton of motions and like in and out of the backfield and stuff could be really interesting i don't think it's probably worth it because you know you're getting double high safety the entire game but 
Um, it'd be really interesting, actually. Anyways, uh, that'll do it for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again on Tuesday with another episode. New episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, you know what? Have a great weekend, and we will see you again on Tuesday. Kasha, bye. Bye.